Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Welcome to the March 2019 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marucci and I'm here with Dr. Ed Reardon. We are talking about a paper from the February 2019 PRS, Arteries of the Face and Their Relevance for Minimally Invasive uh, Facial Procedures. This is an anatomical review uh, by Drs. Kotafana uh, and Lockman out of Albany, New York and Rochester, Minnesota. So, Ed, what was this paper about? Hmm. The background to it was obviously the injection-related complications. Um, a number of cases have now been documented uh, and quite well publicised of blindness, other major adverse events, including skin necrosis. The majority of these have been related to fat, but hyaluronic acid and corticosteroids have also been implicated. The mechanism is thought to be an intra-arterial injection of the filler. A column extends back to the bifurcation of the artery then anterograde flow of the filler down the end artery. Uh, if the central retinal artery is involved, then blindness is a risk. So now, can you just actually present the data, although it wasn't in this paper, there was the studies which you looked up in terms of background reading for this paper, in terms of how easy it is for filler to be uh, injected in a retrograde fashion uh, down, uh, you know, uh, retrograde down the artery until it hits a um, a branch and then uh, head off somewhere where it wasn't meant to be and cause havoc downstream then. Mm. There's some, some really interesting articles, um, particularly by, if I remember correctly, it was Dr. Lazari's article uh, and a Dr. De Lorenzi who had quite, and Dr. Khan as well, had quite interesting articles about the minimal arterial pressure, so 0 0.06 mils per second is required to overcome arterial pressure and a volume of only 0 0.087 mils was required to fill the supratrochlear artery, i.e. if 0 0.07 mils was injected at a very small uh, rate of 0 0.06 mils per second into the supratrochlear artery in the glabellar region, then that will extend back to the bifurcation of the ophthalmic artery with a central retinal artery, potentially resulting in blindness. That's pretty scary in that it's a very small volume, very um, low rate of injection, potentially related to blindness. Excellent. Now, getting to the current study, what basically uh, was uh, Dr. Kotafana talking about in this paper? Mm, so they had two separate groups, a contrast-enhanced CT scan group of 40 fresh frozen cadavers, where they selectively injected contrast into a number of arteries to map their 3D locations, and they had an additional roughly 400 cadaveric dissections in order to build, a, out of this data, a review of the anatomical landmarks for the arteries of the face. And what did they, if you were, obviously it's a bit hard to sort of summarise their results because it's sort of like a, a review paper. What were, what were the key things that you got out of this paper? What were the, what were the main learning points which you, which the, you got? The key things I, I found were the landmarks for the various arteries. So the ophthalmic artery started off with that. The central retinal artery, they had you know, quite a narrow diameter, 0.1 to 0.6 millimetres. The narrowest point being as it pierces the dura. The landmarks for the central retinal artery, particularly in this case, they mentioned injection of hyaluronidase in the setting of potential visual compromise, would be a lateral inferior orbital rim access point advancing superior medially 30 to 45 millimeters, at which point they describe injecting hyaluronidase. 
the terminal branches they discuss uh, the supertrochlear and supraorbital being the most interesting in this setting as being in contact with bone piercing frontalis to become subcutaneous between 1.5 to 3 centimeters above the superior orbital rim. Facial artery, pertinent uh, segments of that. Most interestingly, the buccal segment I found um, 1.5 centimeters posterior to the angle of the mouth and connected to the modiolus. The lips, the plane in which it traveled, the labial arteries were usually submucosal or intramuscular. And the angular artery, as we know, was superficial within the subcutaneous plane throughout its course from the nasolabial fold to the medial canthus. The other, the other areas that they covered quite well were the glabella region. The gist of that I found was that there are extensive anastomoses between the angular, dorsonasal and supratrochlear artery, all of which were subcutaneous. There were no arteries deep to procerus. The last area they covered was the temporal region. They described the superficial temporal becoming superficial uh, or subcutaneous one centimetre anterior superior to the apex of the trachis and the deep temporal arteries being 1.5 and 2.5 centimetres posterior to the lateral orbital rim. Okay, uh, what did you think about their hyaluronic acid, uh, uh, sorry, their hyaluronidase uh, technique? Yeah, it was interesting in the setting of the um, research that was done by the um, group from, uh, I think it was Dr. De Lorenzi, insofar as looking at the transvascular um, injection of hyaluronidase, i.e. attempting to resolve an intravascular uh, embolus with an extravascular uh, injection of hyaluronidase, because there really isn't a great deal of data apart from that in vitro study um, to support the efficacy of that. So it was interesting to see them mention that as a potential um, solution for an intravascular injection. Um, and there, there really isn't a great deal of data at this point, time point to suggest that it would improve outcomes in the setting of uh, blindness related to an intra-arterial injection. Okay. All right, well, I think that was an excellent summary of the paper. Um, I really strongly encourage anyone who's thinking of injecting or even non-injecting, I think just in terms of knowing the anatomy of the, uh, of the facial structures, it's a fantastic paper, a fantastic summary. Mm. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.